matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Johnny Munch, bass player for the band Greyhaven. So as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I highly recommend you check out my boys over at the Moth Boys podcast, as well as my guys over at Horror Dads and the guys over at Fright Vision Video. So as usual, thanks for listening, and here's the interview. So how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Stoked to be here. Not a problem. So, uh... Greyhaven's a relatively new band. Do you mind telling me about how you guys came together? I mean, I know it's a, you know you've been around for a couple of years, but in comparison, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess probably probably much newer to most people than we've had. You know, uh, we've actually been around for a while. You know, but uh, new to most. No, people. I got you. Um, yeah, uh, it really was just kind of a spawn of um, older bands, um, as well as kind of a blend of. Uh, guys from other bands that some of us had been fans of uh just kind of all fell into place kind of at the right time just get, yeah i don't know fell in place at the right time kind of all on a whim and uh things just kind of started working out which which has been nice uh as of late but um yeah nothing i guess no crazy story no i gotcha so you guys released a match where a great fire should be last year you know i think around october is covid been fucking up the recording of the rest of the album or like are y'all got plans for that or what's going on as far yes, as that goes. That's actually not going to be on the next record. That was kind of a standalone single. Okay, uh, hell yeah. Which I'm glad we were able to do, especially with COVID now. Just wanted to have something out for last year. But uh, COVID has definitely messed up the rest of uh, our plans for the year, including uh, making a record and stuff. So there's uh, there's definitely plans. There's definitely a uh, you know, date set. And well, you know we do, we do have a record written and uh, are excited to move forward with it and do more but uh yeah i think a separation from the last record as well as a separation from match it feels like a whole different chapter than both of those things no definitely do you guys uh usually like your writing process do you write remotely a lot or are you guys prefer to be all together when you write music almost exclusively all together um me um nick who who plays guitar um and brent who, who does vocals i feel like all of us kind of come together with different ideas here and again and you know maybe mm. it's a, a riff or um a little vocal thing that brent had, had and, we, and we'll kind of use it as like a jumping point okay but uh other than that it's it's a it's 100 percent kind of in a room together feels weird to not do it that way yeah the energy's bouncing off definitely make for the better music in my opinion yeah i think so i've i've never been able uh We've tried or, or been in positions before that it's been tried to do the whole writing on a computer thing, and it, it never felt genuine and just never really worked for us. I gotcha. Well, I guess we can move on to the horror movies if that works for you. Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, growing up, do you have any memories that you know you go back to usually that you know revolve around horror movies? Uh, a few, yeah. Um, and they all, I guess, tend to still be some of my favorites, or at least some of the scariest. I guess yeah. you, know, you get that impact as a kid. I get 
I kind of get laughed at a lot for like the movie that I think that can, that I consider the scariest or the one that really just like hit me the hardest as a kid was the uh, the Blair Witch Project. Okay, heck yeah. <laughs> Still one of my, my all-time favorites. But oh, as a kid, just like never been more terrified of seeing a movie before. Yeah. And it still kind of rings true. Like I think I still have like as much as I love to uh, camp and go hiking and stuff, uh, it still leaves this like impact on me anytime I do go camping of like I'm pretty I'm pretty terrified in here right now for real all yeah. related to that movie for sure no that's definitely one that I think when I actually watched it I think I walked away like oh that wasn't scary but then of course the next time I was walking by the woods uh I was you know walking a little bit tense for sure <laughs> yeah there's like residual effects from that which yeah I think is a sign of a good horror film I think there's a few of those where it's it's not as much that it scared me when I watched it, but uh, afterwards, it's like you can't sleep at night or you realize it kind of like freaked you out about something. Yeah, it's like the movie that makes you sleep with a closet door closed type deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what's some of the uh, the other ones that you usually go to? Uh, Halloween, man. I mean, I think that's probably just about everyone's answer at some point. Heck uh, yeah. But that, the original Halloween, I mean, if... I don't know if that didn't leave an impact on you. I don't know if you, you know, like horror movies. That to to me, that's like, yeah, just kind of king of them all. And uh, I, I like kind of got to see that as, at a surprisingly young age for, I guess, the content. I mean, it's not really exactly gory. You know, it's a a small amount of nudity, but yeah, I think I saw that pretty young for for what it was, um, and that always had an impact, and it made me fall probably in love with that series more than any other. As well as the concept of it felt scarier because it, it, I don't know, it just kind of held this like, you know, no reason for any of the events happening or um, no like motive. You just kind of had like bad shit happening and some dude just trying to kill people just for no reason um, and kind of that like blank faced mask to go with it. And yeah, so all that just had like an impact as well as like the score to that movie. I mean, John Carpenter's score is just haunting everyone yeah. knows that theme, you know no definitely and to speak on what you were saying it's like if you go back to psycho at the end of psycho it's revealed you know his you know norman bates whole uh you know motive is revealed then if you fast forward past halloween and you know you go to uh friday the 13th you know pamela Voorhees, her whole thing is revealed at the end and then same thing with freddie it's revealed so and then even Texas Chainsaw, it's like their family got fired. And so that's, you know, it's, that's even revealed. So everything other than maybe Black Christmas, I think almost every other slasher that came out before and after Halloween just felt like they need to explain why it was happening. Where Michael Myers was just a complete mystery, especially in the standalone first film. They, they explain a little bit in the second film, but yeah, like just watching that first one. That's like kind of what I had like an issue with some of the others. Um, I mean, I found it interesting and it was cool to dive, I guess, into... But it almost ruined like the mystery that was there. Um, even though I liked, I, I liked four and five. I liked the idea of the niece. Yeah. Or, you know some of the other things they did. He kind of got a little off the rails later into the series. But yeah, I mean all that was cool. But it, yeah, just just letting it be a pure mystery and and letting that movie end with that hanger of him, you know, gone after being shot off the roof. You're like, man, like that's that felt impactful. Um, and I really wish they kind of would have gone on further with, like, the idea of an anthology series. Because yeah. Halloween 3 is, I think, brilliant. It's just, I mean, it's just a fun 80s movie. 
And yeah, I think I love it too. On with that, I think that could have been a cool, maybe a cooler series than what the Michael Myers series ended up being. Yeah. No, they don't. Uh, that's one thing is Tommy Lee Wallace, who directed Season of the Witch, doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough credit because he even went on to direct the It miniseries. And I feel like those are two movies that a lot of horror fans really love, but they never talk about the directors. You know, they always talk about like when they go to Halloween, they just talk about John Carpenter, even though Halloween three was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. And then same thing with it. It's always it's Stephen King's it. But for two movies, uh, you know, he's got some other movies under his belt. I can't remember right now, but for those two movies, they're pretty big in the horror world for him to not really be like talked about as as much as anybody else, you know? Yeah, I didn't realize he did. Uh, the it mini series as well. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that. That's pretty. That's pretty rad. It starts to click because you see it with the whole like uh, his. I feel like his horror movies just have such a. Uh, I don't. They kind of fit with the Halloween theme, like almost like a child horror movie. I know that like Halloween three has like a lot of gore and stuff to it, but it's got like this like real campy, but not so, really campy feel. So, kind of the same feel as uh, the it mini series when you actually start to think about it, you know? Yeah, I can see that. It, it, even though I was like a pretty big fan of of the um, Pennywise, and that one honestly more so than the newer uh, than the remake. Yeah, uh, I don't know that campiness almost made it creepier. No, I, I I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm just saying it's like you can see the, uh, you know the you can see where he's trying to grasp a child with the horror movie, but also get grasp an adult as well. It's where a lot of horror movies they kind of go all in one way. Like Monster Squad is pretty much. Mostly for kids. Everybody that loves it as an adult is because they grew up watching it. And, you know, uh, Hereditary, that's not for kids. So it's like he kind of right. like uh, does a good job of like blending the two. And even Halloween, the first one, you would say, isn't necessarily for children, you know. So it puts them in more fear with, you know, the two kids being babysat and stuff like that. So Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We know what you're saying about. Uh, so you enjoy the original Pennywise over the new Pennywise? Yeah. Um, I'm also I am a, just a diehard Stephen King reader, uh, kind of mm. just grew up on him. Hand me down books from my mom. I've been to one of his uh, readings before too, which is really cool uh, to get to go see him like live. Yeah, heck yeah. So I've, I've read a lot of his stuff, and you know, I mean, it is so classic as as a book. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just naturally in a movie you're gonna have things changed, but there there was something about uh the I can't think of the name of both actors right now. Tim Curry and I don't I can't think of a uh, the um, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. It's not that he did a bad job. I didn't. I didn't love like the makeup or uh, I don't know what it was. But there was that like campiness to the to the older one. Something that kind of like I guess played on the childishness. That yeah. kind of made it creepier. There was something creepier about it and more like human. That felt a little scarier. Uh, even though some of the moments in the new one were brilliant and uh, pretty terrifying. That opening scene. Uh, kind of did blow me away in the new one um with him in the sewer yeah i still liked it i still definitely liked it but uh i get what you mean though because it's definitely uh adds a little bit of fear to it when he looks more like a guy in a clown suit because in the original one you know the practical effects come in when he opens his mouth and he's got sharp teeth but up until that point he still looks like you know a a normal man in a clown suit to where the way that bill skarsgård is all made up and his head's like extra misshapen and stuff it adds a little bit of the uh like being from another realm dimension to him you know him not being human or whatever so i can definitely see that like the practical effects definitely make the original pennywise have a better look and honestly like a more scary look because like you said 
He looks not necessarily like an approachable clown, but he just looks like something you might see and just feel a little bit put off by if you didn't know, you know, the Pennywise look until he opens his mouth. And then it's so it's like even more terrifying towards like, kid, why are you going near that creepy ass already looking clown in the in the gutter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, like it was a little more unassuming. Yeah. And I don't personally, I'm like a much bigger fan of practical effects anyways. No uh, doubt. As I think I, I think a lot of people are. Yeah, so. I think CGI is starting to like do some great things, but it's just I don't know. It's uh, even in ten years, the CGI will start to look aged compared to that CGI, to where the, the practical effects will always look good. Yeah, you know, and there's time and place for CGI. Yeah. But sometimes it just gets overplayed, and you know, the the practical effects, kind of like you said, are, are a little bit timeless, more timeless. Yeah. So speaking on the new uh, It movie, is there any newer horror movies that you really like that came out in the past, you know, five to ten years? Man, you know, actually I saw you post about it the other day, and I'd say probably my favorite modern horror movie is House of the Devil. Heck yeah. I love that movie. That movie completely caught me off guard, totally blew me away the first time I saw it. Uh, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if we're giving away spoilers or anything (laughs) in the talk of this. Yeah, we can uh, we can dive in. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen House of the Devil, but if you haven't, you're really messing up. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I, yeah, I recommend it to everyone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just uh, honestly, it wasn't until about halfway through the film when a certain character came in that I was like, "Hold up, I recognize him." There's no way this movie can be from the '70s. Like I thought, I fully believed it was like a '70s flick. Yeah. I had no idea that I was watching something from like 2009 uh, at all. It was just so set up and so shot well, but uh, and I just I'm a, I'm a huge fan of slow builds and and horror. You know when you come like right out the gate, just like blood and gore and excitement. I don't know. You're just kind of in and you're like, okay, I get it. We're watching a horror film, but when you make things feel unsettling for like 30, 45 minutes, almost an hour, you start to get that unsettling feeling. And that movie that movie really does that. And yeah. So, like when when it's like powerful, like. Um, imagery comes or like the real intense scenes start to happen like you've had such a buildup of like almost anxiety waiting for something that it just feels uh feels way stronger when you get hit with that stuff and that movie did it just brilliantly when when things just kind of started to like blow out of proportion uh when that one guy basically shot the girl uh spoiler alert the moment that happened you're like where the hell is this movie going right now like you're you're not the babysitter (laughs) Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just bam, right there. And I was like, okay, we're in it now. This yeah. is about to ride. And it just goes even more off the rails from that. So kind of a little Rosemary's Baby-esque, you know. Yeah, because it's kind of got, that's like about 40 minutes in, I believe, before that happens. But that's the moment when it goes from just being like creepy and intense to being like, oh, crap. Because, uh, yeah, it's like literally within a second, he's like, are you the babysitter? And then he shoots her and then he just like starts smoking her cigarette from her like dead body and stuff like like these are messed up (laughs) yeah and it and it really it it brings in a lot of like like i said influences whether rosemary's baby or something yeah Um, but it like but it doesn't feel like a copycat film either to me Uh, definitely feels original uh original yeah just kind of respecting you know movies that it came before but yeah like you said the moments where it's like when he went to smoke the cigarette after i'm like (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, this shit's about to be nuts. And it was. Yeah. 
No, they uh one and to speak on what you said about like the slow burn. One thing I like about I love slow burn movies because I hate when a movie starts out right out the gate. Like a I'll bring up a movie that did this well, but if it had not done it well, it would have fallen flat. But uh, so the Evil Dead like reboot remake, it starts out out of the gate like you know real crazy with that. Uh, I don't have you seen that? It's been a while. I remember loving it. Uh, okay. It made me super squeamish, but it's been a while, so I, I don't really recall like the way it started out. So, uh, spoiler alert, however, again, these are both, like, ten, over 10 years old, so, I mean, if you haven't seen them, you're kind of slacking. <laughs> so, the, the Evil Dead remake, uh, and it's on Tubi if you want to check it out again, but uh, uh, I don't know if you know about Tubi. It's a free app. It just has commercials and stuff, but it has a great catalog of horror movies, actually. It's surprising. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I haven't heard of that. No, it's definitely worth it, and it's on, uh, like, it's available to download on, like, a lot of stuff, like Roku TVs. Uh, I think on I think it's even on Apple, but I'm, I might be mistaken, but... Okay. Uh, but so uh but to speak on the evil dead is it starts off with a bang with that guy like setting his daughter on fire because she's got the demon in him and they're in like the basement and stuff and she's like possessed so it like in it i don't know everything is just like super violent super screaming and like it's uh super dark so then like the movie carries on and after that it kind of slows down a bit it's like if that movie wouldn't have paced itself well and put you know the, the next intense thing didn't happen within like a certain amount of time it, it starts to lose you so it's like when a movie comes in and like punches you in the throat immediately you don't want it to let up to where at least if a movie starts out a slow burn you're willing to sit with it and let it you know see where it's going and stuff so that's where i prefer a slow burn because sometimes that like they try to gut punch you early and then by the time they come back with something it's so close to the end that you've already lost interest because you're like thinking that you're going to get that the whole film. So I'd, I'd rather have an intense movie the whole time, or I'd rather have it just slow burn and then, you know, pay off well. Yeah, and they both have their places, I think. Because yeah. some of the more, like, intensity the whole time is a little bit more for, like, just fun horror. Like, yeah. we're not no here doubt. to create characters that you're going to care about with movies like that. The <laughs> slow burns are like, we want you to care about this character, so when we take them away, like, you feel something about it. As compared to, you know, a lot of the Friday the 13th where you're like, oh, I can't wait for everyone to get murdered. Yeah. Like, you're not worried about who these people are. It's just about the gore and the action. And those are plenty fun, and they have, like, a place for it. But they're definitely not impactful in the same way, you know. Yeah. So I definitely like both routes, like you said, but just a, just a time and place for each. Yeah. Nah, I I like both, but I'm um, I'm with you. I think I prefer the slow burn. Just my problem is is when it doesn't pay off. Like I've seen some films. Uh, there's a new one on Shutter called The Beach House, and a lot of people were talking highly of that film. And I won't say anything, but I'll just say that the payoff to me wasn't worth the slow burn. You know, like it was yeah. a good slow burn, but then the payoff left me feeling like I wasted my time. So then again, I watched this movie called VFW. I don't know if you heard of that, and that's like just balls to the wall the whole time. And I've that was excellent. So it's kind of like, like you said, there's a time and place for both of them, but uh, I prefer the slow burn. It's just a bummer when it doesn't pay off well. But is there any other new horror movies that you'd say you'd enjoyed? Uh, well, I know you brought up, I mean, you brought up Hereditary. I mean, both of, uh, oh, what's the director's, is that Ari Aster? Yep. Yeah, both, I mean, both of his movies I thought were brilliant because you did the same thing with Hereditary was you got kind of slow burn in the moment that action hit, you know, when you take away a character that you care about. Hmm in a way that they did. I mean, that was one of the most shocking deaths I've ever seen. No, I couldn't agree more, especially if you went into the movie Blonde. Yeah, which I did. So I just had my jaw drop to that. Yeah. Uh, 
wasn't prepared. I had some like there were some moments in the movie I found like odd, just like odd writing. Mm. But as a whole, I thought it was brilliant, and I loved Midsummer. Uh, I've heard a lot of people give that movie flack actually, but uh, I mean that was one that started balls to the wall. I mean, my jaw was dropped for the first like fifteen minutes of the film. I couldn't believe yeah. the stuff they were doing. But to essentially just set an entire horror movie in broad daylight, like that's just not done often. And so I thought that was cool, even though it was like super Wicker Man. You know, I mean, that's like yeah. maybe the, I don't want to say rip off, but <laughs> the closest you can get to just remaking the Wicker Man without it being that. Yeah, it's like uh, two different movies based on the same book type deal. <laughs> yeah, so, but it was cool. It still held its own. Um but I, I talked to a few friends about, you know, him and some of these other directors, uh, like obviously Jordan Peele and some of the other like newer guys that are like two films mm-hmm. in right now. I'm like, you know, while both while, while I think all the films they've all made have been great, you know, maybe they haven't even hit their stride yet. You know, there's these are directors at the beginning of their careers, like maybe Ari Aster hasn't made his thing yet or his Halloween yet, you know, like. Yeah. And that's exciting. That's exciting to think of what some of these new guys kind of have to come yeah that and then there's the guy that did like the lighthouse and stuff and the witch um, yeah robert eggers yeah so you just have this like little group of people kind of messing around with like or, like doing like kind of the horror genre yeah just a few movies in and had done just a great job so far so excited to see where they all go but besides them there's been like a lot of modern horror i just haven't cared for it, it to me, it felt like a lot of those like early 2000s, everyone was doing the same thing, and no one was really like trying something major and new. Yeah, it's like, like they weren't of, sure if they wanted to be the 80s again or the 90s again. Yeah, I like I can't I, off the top of my head, I can't just think of one where I'm like, oh, that movie was you know blew me away. Yeah, uh, it wasn't until like really like kind of like around the time like House of the Devil, like 09, 2010, where I'm like, okay, now you're getting. Some pretty cool new films coming in. Movies like, I mean, I thought The Conjuring was amazing. Yeah, and then, and that that whole genre right there, with The Conjuring, there was a bunch, a lot like it that all came out at once. And I don't think any of them were mind blowing or you know going to be like cult classics. But there were some great ones, you know, that were still just coming out, like still fun to see. I thought yeah. The Conjuring was one of them. Yeah, Conjuring was fun. I liked The uh, Sinister. I thought that was pretty good. Sinister was one of the ones where it didn't pay off for me. I thought it got really goofy by the end. No, I got you. I could see that, though, for sure. The way that it kind of gets, like, uh, like even the jump scare, like, at the end of the uh, actual movie. It, it was, made me laugh. I was yeah. like, come on, guys. It, was, it reminded me of, like, a photo bomb, like somebody jumping in front of the camera at a wedding or something. Yeah, yeah. I, like, ah. I, I saw that in theaters and just, like, just straight up laughed. Yeah. About- but the concept of Sinister, like, it started off super cool. Super, super cool. Yeah, I think that's what I like about it is just some of the, uh, like, the creepy scares throughout that aren't really, like, jumping. Like, you know, when he looks away and then the picture looks at him. And But I'm, I kind of agree with you. The overall uh, payoff isn't the greatest for sure. I just, I guess I kind of always just was like, oh, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That one, uh, but I do like Insidious as well, and I like Conjuring one and two, and then I like the first few Insidiouses. I don't, I actually kind of like all the Insidiouses except for the third one's a little. Uh, but so I, I thought the f- fourth one was really good. I didn't. See, okay, I didn't even realize there was a fourth one because I didn't see the third. I remember thinking the first one was decent, mm. and what? And this is wild because I don't know how often this just even ever happens. I remember after seeing the second one, 
I liked the first one a lot more. The second one kind of just brought in enough ideas and tied things together. Yeah. That it made me think the first one was cooler, like revisiting it, uh, which I don't think usually really happens with a sequel. But no, there's there's a ton of movies that do that for me, like uh, not a ton, but like uh, the, the classic Phantasm. I feel like the sequel makes the first movie better. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it ends kind of like with the it's all a dream kind of feel. Yeah. So if it wasn't for the rest of the adventure in, in two, three and four, it's kind of like, oh, that was a waste of time because it was all a dream. Yeah. No, actually, I haven't seen that. One. I'm aware of like a lot of the scenes in it. But yeah. I, I haven't seen it. But it's always cool if you can do that with the sequel. If you, yeah. you can pull things kind of like together and make the and make the original kind of stand better on its own. I think that's really cool. And I think I'm actually mistaken. Uh, I think the fourth Insidious is like the iffy one. The third one. That's what I liked about the third one is that it turns that series on its head. Because like uh, you said, the first one was just, you know, it kind of gave you a little bit, but not everything. And then the second one turns around and, you know, fills in those gaps for you and makes the first one make a little bit more sense and like flow a little, you know, better and stuff. Yeah. But then the third one shoots to this girl. I believe it's the third one. There's that one and this one called The Lost Key. But whichever one is about the girl who gets in a car accident because she ends up being like stuck in bed with like temporarily paralyzed. So she's like stuck in bed while being haunted and stuff. So I'm like, that shit's extra terrifying because you can't move while you're hearing and seeing all these things. So Oh, damn. Yeah, that is scary. So I thought that was a good concept for a horror movie, you know, because a lot of times the thing, the person stuck not moving is the person that's, you know, the scary person instead of it being just some helpless person that's actually getting scared themselves, you know. But. Yeah, but yeah, always a cool thing. I think uh, Devil's Rejects is another one of those. Granted, I think House of a Thousand Corpses is brilliant. But yeah. Devil's Rejects was just just kind of continued on the fun without really like compromising anything. It was just like cool, like more of this awesome wild story. So I, I thought that was just super well done too. Yeah, it was a perfect continuation for the characters that people like fell in love with. So without like ruining them, you know. Yeah, and while also making a completely different film. The first yeah. one was like super like psychedelic, like early seventies homage horror while the second was almost like a more um texas chainsaw massacre like you know dirty desert film yeah like uh, a horror western from like the 70s or something <laughs> yeah yeah so it was, it was cool to to just to make such completely different films with the same characters continue on like that yeah no i enjoyed it a lot have you seen uh, three from hell yet yeah, I saw that. I think it. Per, I think there was only one day of premiere in Louisville, and me and my buddy went and saw it. Which there was a little documentary that played after, kind of a mm. thirty-minute one that I'm glad I got to see because I'm. A, I, I was aware that Sid Haig had gotten sick, but, but it, it kind of explained it better that he got really, really ill, like something like maybe a month before shooting, and Rob Zombie had to rewrite like the entire script yeah, without yeah. him in it, essentially. And when he explained a lot of that, it made me like the movie a little more because the movie felt like it jumped a little bit. Mm. And there were moments where I'm like, it felt like a scene had to be missing. Like, well, how do we get here? Or little moments like that. And But I had more respect. I'm like, okay, well, he was like, you know, shooting's about to start. You have to rewrite a whole script, bring new characters in, essentially write Captain Spaulding out. Yeah. Uh, and with all of that in mind, I thought the movie was awesome. You know, with having to work with with those types of problems, yeah, make a, a really cool film. 
I thought it was good. No, I uh, I didn't even know all of that. I knew that he had been ill for a little bit, but uh, I didn't know that it like you know got increasingly bad right before shooting. Because I actually really liked the movie though, even without knowing that stuff. I just my, what I liked about it was how it went back. It kind of had the same feel of you know like the road trip horror as like uh, Devil's Rejects, and uh, which I like Richard Brake as well, the guy that played the Wolfman. I don't know exactly what his nickname was, but uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of him from Thirty One. But I I just liked how it called back to Danny Trejo's character from Devil's Rejects. You know how he kind of was the reason they were screwed over, you know, how it turned around and his family was, com- you know, they, they got revenge on him, but then his family came around. So now I actually really like that little storyline. I, I saw that a lot of people uh, dislike the film though online. So yeah, I, I, I like the, I'm with you. I liked the storyline, but I think anyone who disliked it probably would have loved probably what the original movie was meant to be. Yeah. And so I'm glad I got that, like, um, got to hear, about all that immediately after seeing it because it was like okay any qualms i had while i was watching this were like pretty immediately resolved with understanding like how to you know someone making a low budget film like that and like the sacrifices you have to make yeah so i meant to uh ask or confirm earlier so you said halloween might be your favorite horror film of all time is is that your favorite horror film of all time or do you have another one that uh truly stands out uh i would almost maybe say yes just i mean it there's like a pedestal to hold that movie on. Uh, yeah. Said so there's the others like Blair Witch or House of the Devil that have their place, but um, it's and I know it's cliche to say, but Halloween just does feel just pretty unbeatable. But those are the other ones that we did bring up. Like if I had to almost pick a top three off the top of my head, probably Blair Witch and uh, House of the Devil would be all in that line. Yeah. Said all just felt super original and and just had their own thing going for it yeah definitely that's an awesome top three house of the devil is probably my favorite horror movie of the 2000s to 2010 for sure like uh and in my top five of the top probably of like the past 20 years or 30 years or so i I really enjoy that movie and that's one that i feel like if uh social media hype would have been as big on movies back then you know because it was 2009 when that movie dropped so like of course, social media was a thing, but it wasn't uh, being used as much to hype up films, you know, like it was when Hereditary came out. I feel like that movie could have easily been as big as Hereditary. That's true. I think Hereditary might have even fallen a little bit more under the radar if it was, if it didn't have such a social media backing. I mean, everyone yeah. talked about it when it came out, but it was easy to see everyone talk about it. You know, it wasn't just a few people that saw it kind of getting together. It really was pretty out in the open. Yeah, it was like with this resurgence of horror, all these uh, festivals, once people saw that at a festival, they were like, oh, we're getting another elevated horror, which I don't really care for the word elevated horror because I like all horror movies. But I know that's what a lot of people, a term a lot of people use. But uh, I feel like that would have been a term easily used on House of the Devil had it had gotten, you know, a huge festival run and tweeted, you know, Stephen King tweeted about it and stuff like that, you know, like got pretty much the backing that Hereditary got because that was one reason I watched Hereditary. I saw a few trailers and it seemed like, a you know, that's one thing I liked is the marketing was seemed made it seem like a completely different film than what you ended up getting. So I went into it blind other than a trailer or so and it, it uh, blew me away. But I mean, it didn't blow me away anymore. I mean, it probably did a little bit more because it's one of my favorites, but um, it didn't blow me away much more than House of the Devil for sure. Yeah, once once I saw enough hype about it, I I. I def I didn't want to watch trailers or I, yeah. I prefer going into movies a little bit more blind, 
especially nowadays with trailers, they're, they essentially have half of them just give you the whole damn movie in the trailer. No, definitely. So it's like trying to avoid that, um, especially in a movie like that, where you to, to allow yourself to be that kind of level of surprise, you know? Yeah. That's where all the effect is, is not knowing what you're getting into um, at all with a movie like that. Heck yeah. So uh, if you don't mind, I got a few questions that are like, Mixing the music and uh, horror movies. Yeah. So if you could have any custom bass or, you know, if you wanted a guitar or even a, a amp cabinet or anything that was horror related and it was customized fully to whatever extent you want, uh, what would you get? Customized like horror wise? Yeah, it could either be just like a regular old paint job or you could actually have like the guitar from Slumber Party Massacre 2, like something wild, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, that's a pretty cool question. I don't even know. I mean, right off the bat, you think of something just like a screen for your cabinet, you know, could naturally be cool. Uh, yeah. I, I can't think of many movies that have, like, an instrument horror-wise used in them, um, like, brutally or anything. Yeah, other than Slumber Party Massacre 2, he's got the drill guitar. If you've never seen that, it's... I haven't. No, I don't... It's even. total 80s fun, for sure. That's one worth checking out. It's bad, but it's, like in a good 80s campy way so yeah i bet there could be some pretty wild uh shaped guitars i don't i don't think i have a uh a thought of something that could come maybe something from hostile i'm a pretty big fan of hostile and they Heck do yeah. some wild stuff i bet you but you can make an instrument based off, off some of the wild shit they make in that movie <laughs> heck yeah no i like hostile that's one that uh i don't think anybody's brought up yet on the podcast but i felt like it was really like one of those first um like later 2000s movies a lot of people said it was like torture porn but to me it felt like a return to like some of those 70s and 80s like horror schlock films where you really hate the characters and then you're happy to see them get killed type of thing you know because you don't really like any of those guys either because they're all kind of american douchebags over in europe yeah and it's another movie i've always felt has the slow burn to it yeah Uh, you're creeped out the whole time but nothing major happens for like an hour it's a lot of like slow kind of creepy like i'm unsettled the whole time but you you don't get into that intensity till the end and i and again that's what i really love with a horror film but it 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 sat so deeply with me that uh when i went to europe for my first time on a tour i was like scared to go to europe you know having never been i was like um man like am i gonna get like rocks thrown at me from kid which hat which I know you had I know you had Grayson from Norma Jean on here. Yeah, he told that story. Did he tell that story? Yeah, about you guys getting rocks thrown at you at uh, in front of the church and uh, somewhere in Germany. He said he couldn't remember where, but oh uh, yeah, I can't even think of uh, how it was in Germany. Uh, I yeah, I'd have to look it up to figure out where it was. But it was I felt like I was in a hostel. I have these kids like <laughs> you know like screaming at me, throwing rocks and stuff, and I'm like it's exactly what hostel made me feel and then it it like in the in the most minor way kind of happened to me and grayson uh, yeah but, now, i uh, might have uh, actually quick mentioned that it sounded like hostel in the episode but like other than that that was that's this has been the only like actual talk about hostel but that's crazy man that you actually fear that shit and then you have to deal with it because then i'd be like oh that, that was my last trip to germany <laughs> yeah literally literally i remember i was like dude we gotta get back to the venue right now like i've seen hostel i know what comes next like we're out of here they come outside and you're like hugging the van like what's up guys <laughs> yeah, yeah like dude 
Yeah, we. I remember we, when we got back to the venue, we were like, we are not leaving this building until bus call. Like, I'm not leaving. So, uh, next question is, is uh, so say somebody came up to you and said, you know, we're making a music video for Greyhaven and we want to remake any horror film into like a short, you know, story version. Which horror film would you choose? And wh- uh, which Greyhaven song would you choose? Would you want to do a past song, uh, upcoming song? Or I know you guys just have, I think you guys just have the... You don't have an actual music video for a match where Great Fire should be, right? You just have the, like, audio video? Yeah, it's just audio. Um, We didn't do anything video-wise with that, which maybe we should have. But, um... Hey, it's still bop anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, we'll go with that one because it doesn't have a music video. Because all the other songs are top secret right now, for sure. Yeah. I don't know now. See, now that we're on the topic of Hostel... I'm like, you can have a ball with that. I'd love to, like, get makeup put on me and have, like, my eye fake burned out of my head or something during yeah. music video. <laughs> I don't know if lyrically it applies to that song, but that'd be fun. That's one thing I like about when, like, when I ask this question, I always try to think of a way to put a band in the situation, and it's kind of easy with Hostel. You're literally just touring in Europe, and you get caught up in the wrong hotel or something. Yeah, yeah. Start like, slowly getting caught up. <laughs> like, where are these dudes like, going? <laughs> perfect movie of topic right now because i think that could be a wild ride for a music video um, no, definitely especially with cool practical effects like you were saying like on your eye and stuff <laughs> yeah or honestly something like more like friday 13th or sleepaway camp or something everyone at a at a camp being murdered uh everyone yeah. with like 80s little camp clothes a little short shorts <laughs> i'd go for that too now, dude, I love Sleepaway Camp. That's a favorite of mine. I actually recommended it to somebody the other day who had never even heard of it, and I was so happy because most of the time you've at least heard of it and like know the ending. And um, that ending—it's one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest twist endings I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, I was talking to because uh, every now and then I'll still talk to Eric from I Am about movies and stuff and like throw him recommendations because he has Shutter. And uh, I was like, hey, they put Sleepaway Camp up there. Uh, you can always revisit that. And he was like, what's that? I was like what the hell? What do you mean? What's that? I was like, that's a classic. I was like, if you don't know anything about it, I was like, you should watch that without looking at anything like as soon as you can. And he actually like just watched it right then and was like, holy shit, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we just have a crazy, crazy cool video store here in Louisville called uh, Wild and Wooly Video. Yeah. And they had like crazy, super rare stuff. Like you had to be like, with them for years and never had like returned anything late to rent like a few movies that they had like one of those places that were like oh we there's only three of these known in the world you know something nuts like that yeah and uh so yeah such such a large selection and i remember on a whim uh me and a girl i was dating at the time we were just like looking through the horror movies it's probably like you know around halloween and she pulled that out and was like oh let's get this and never heard of it and we put it on, and I remember, yeah, being blown away, but having <laughs> going into a movie like that, not having any idea what it is, and getting an ending like that, like, yeah, I remember, yeah, super shocking and super like resonated, you know, like definitely don't forget that film after after first watch. Yeah, and it's one that gets smarter, like as you rewatch it, kind of like uh, like my favorite horror film is Scream, and uh, I feel like. With both of those movies, it's one that you, when you rewatch, knowing you know who the killer is and stuff like that, it you see so many like other little things throughout the film that uh, I don't want to really say to spo- you know because I don't want to spoil Sleepaway Camp just in case anybody's like listening and hasn't seen that for sure. But uh, 
I'll talk a little bit about Scream, for instance. Like, you know how, because uh, I feel like everybody's probably seen that. And if you haven't, yeah. then oh well. But so, spoiler alert for Scream. So, once you find out, like, Billy and Stu are the killers at the end of the movie, like, it makes the whole, uh, like, rental store scene with Randy seem so much more like, okay, well, that makes sense why, you know, Stu's trying to convince him that Billy's not the killer and stuff like that. So, it's, it just, uh, like, everything just makes a little bit more sense. And then, like, the fact that, Early, like super early on in the film, uh, Stu keeps making the jokes where he's like, "Live her alone," and Billy's like trying to shut him up. He's like, "Dude, just stop!" Like he's trying to just stop talking about it, pretty much. And it's almost like, after knowing those two are the killers, a lot of that stuff seems just way more smart as you're watching the, you know, the film go on and stuff. Yeah, it's almost weird. You think like most horror films, when you see them, maybe don't have great like rewatchability value. If yeah. That's, like, right. For that reason, because like, oh, well, I know what happens, so it's not fun. But some of those, there's a few. Scream, definitely, you're right. Like, yeah. there's something super fun about rewatching it, knowing that because Wes Craven was just, I mean, it was smart and and put in smart things. And when you watch it, like, it's almost enjoyable knowing the killer the whole time. And the sequels that went with it, I thought just made them just as fun, you know. Yeah. Well. No, I love that. Uh, that's one thing I loved about the Scream series is you know, you know, you had a final girl and all the other films and stuff but they almost had like a final little family and scream you know with dewey and uh gail weathers and sydney and stuff like that you know they had more than one person carry on throughout the films which was nice to see where most slashers it's like the killer is the only person going on yeah right yeah that's true that's really true too kind of and again just makes you care for the characters even more yeah uh, scream does have a lot of like rewatchability like value to it yeah, which I think the humor does something with that because it's definitely got a lot of funny moments and stuff. But, but true. So uh, my final question is, do, and if you don't have one because uh, Grayson took it, I completely understand. But <laughs> do you have any horror uh, stories of your own from being on the road or recording, or even you know they they don't have to be with the band if you've had something you know you feel was supernatural happen to you? There was a few Europe ones. The uh, Grayson definitely got that one. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll do a more like supernatural one that had happened to me um, as a kid. And, okay, awesome. Which, uh, which made a lot of the supernatural films like super terrifying to me. Um, yeah. Like the first activity was super haunt, like super haunting to me. I thought that that, that movie scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah, that was the same here. That was one that I actually saw uh, in the movie theater with a group of friends. And I've, I loved it. I've, I didn't understand where, like, I feel like a lot of people didn't hate on it until, like, years after. I feel like everybody, when they saw it, loved it. And then they got tired of rewatching it and said it was bad. It's like, no, you just can't watch the same movie with the same few things happening. You know, yeah. so little things happen in that movie. You can't rewatch it, really, and then give it another review. It's kind of like the first watch is probably the best review you can give it. Yeah, and it's honestly the only movie that comes to mind that I saw. I, I saw it <laughs> I saw in theaters, I, like, snuck in with a girl, and cops were, like, checking everyone's IDs. Like, they made a whole big deal about it. I don't know if you remember, like, the promotion for that movie at yeah, all. Yeah, they, they were showing, like, uh, fan like fan reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, and they, like, have, like, cops in the theaters making sure everyone was old enough. Uh, <laughs> and some guy just sitting next to me just said that we were his kids, so we were able to watch it. Uh, That's awesome. Was, <laughs> but those reaction videos was exactly how the that movie felt when I saw it. Like, there was no one, you know, kind of fucking off the whole time or, like, you know, being loud and obnoxious. Yeah. That whole packed theater, like, everyone screamed together and everyone was terrified. 
uh, you know, when a hundred people scream around you, you're just going to scream ten times harder. Like, it, yeah, it's so much scarier. So that movie resonated super hard. But yeah, any like supernatural films, like Exorcism with Emily Rose, like things like that, were like, I guess, all getting back to the question you had asked. Those all yeah. movies freak me out. Because um, <laughs> as a kid, um, a house, my like first childhood home that I, I was there probably till I was like 10. I always remember kind of just seeing things moving all the time. My parents had talked about it. But the room that I had when I was um, like a, a, a baby or a child, you know, I was always apparently crying and pointing to like a, uh, a man in the corner that, uh, you know, my parents obviously couldn't see. But I described him really well and was like always crying about him. And my parents got like fed up, didn't know what to do, had like tried to like yell at the corner to get him to leave. And it apparently made me more upset because I tell my parents that, you know, he's sorry that he's scaring me and everything. Yeah. And that just freaked my parents out. Uh, as, as well as any babysitter I'd ever had, apparently, like everyone hated being in that back room. Just said that they always felt like someone was watching them. Um, just felt cold in there, you know, all those things. Yeah. Uh, as I got a little older, I have a little, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And when uh, my sister was born, who's the youngest, me and my brother moved into a different room, and she ended up having that room. And she started crying about a man in the corner. I started crying and describing the exact same man in the corner. Woo. And that's actually one of the main re- reasons that my family moved out of that house. I was about to say, I would put it for sale that day. We're staying in the Motel 8. <laughs> Stay up <Yeah>. late. <laughs> no, no joke. Like, my parents were just like, we're getting out of here. Like, they were just fed <laughs> up with all the, like, the weird shit going on in the house. And then after that, yeah. it, was a, it was a big deal. So, yeah, so that's that story, like, freaks me out personally. And so any, like, supernatural... Um, movies i get this whole like i don't know if i believe in ghosts but <laughs> that shit feels real now yeah no i feel you there that's one thing is uh that's always creeped me out is those videos and all that stuff for like little kids are seeing things because they say that you know when their eyes are adjusting they see you know more like uh i guess like a cat would you know where they can see like a little bit brighter and stuff like that or yeah I don't, like they have a little bit uh like extra I don't know what the word would be. I don't, not a scientist. But, you yeah. know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. So that's that's always terrifying to me when out of the mouths of babies they say or whatever. But yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean, that's what's scary about when you see like dogs or cats like looking at shit at the wall. You're like, I know they see something. I don't. Yeah. No, we have uh, three cats, and there's a lot of times where I'm like, What do you meowing at? Stop. <laughs> you're scaring yeah. me. Yeah, you're scaring the shit out of me right now. Heck yeah. But now I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, for sharing that story, too. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I got a it's always fun getting to talk or and you've already you've had a bunch of my friends on already. So I'm like uh, stoked to get to be a part of it as well. Heck, yeah. And if you want to tell uh, people where to find you and, you know, like uh, if you want to talk about anything you have coming up with Greyhaven, I know with COVID, you can't really speak on too much. But, we're, you know, stuff stuff's in the works. It's uh, we're we're all excited as a band with with everything we have and 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 things i guess it's just uh yeah with covid just waiting to see how things in the music industry kind of play out or uh kind of what options we have for what we can do but uh i'm really stoked on new music and uh excited for everyone else to get to hear kind of what we've been working on thank you 
So just be on the lookout for new stuff eventually. It's coming. We just don't know when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, I mean, hey, that's how we feel. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you so much. So I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Charlie Benante, drummer for the legendary Anthrax and Stormtroopers of Death. I'm super excited to have him on the podcast and I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode. So as usual, make sure you go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out my boy Loudmouth Threads who did this awesome original podcast artwork and stay safe.